On Christmas Eve 1906, Canadian inventor Reginald Fessenden made history with the first ever radio broadcast. From Brant Rock, 30 miles south of Boston, Massachusetts, in the United States of America, he played a recording of Handel's Largo. He then gave on his violin a live rendition of the carol, O Holy Night, and he also read words found in Luke's account of the birth of the Lord Jesus And uh, the verses that he read were verses that we have read already tonight. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That first radio broadcast could be heard up to 12 miles away. Fessenden, who became known as the father of radio, died in 1932. On his grave, these words are inscribed. By his genius, distant lands converse, and men sail unafraid upon the deep. How appropriate that as he made history, Mr. Fessenden read those words from the Bible. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Those are the verses that I want us to think about tonight. We want to think about these two verses that were part of the first radio broadcast ever. These are amazing verses, you know, folks. And uh, I want you to notice, first of all, verse 13. And then we'll come to verse 14. So we're just going to do it like that tonight. We're going to take the two verses and we'll deal with them individually. So verse 13, first of all there, if you notice it. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying... That word host is very interesting. Look here as he writes, he says that it was a heavenly host of angels. Heavenly host. Now I want you to zoom in on that word host. Because it is a military term. It's a military term now. The host. You see, Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit here, he's describing these Christmas angels and and he's telling us that they're like an army. This is an army of angels that appear this first Christmas. An army of angels. You see, the reason why this army of angels has showed up in the skies around Bethlehem that night is because their great commander-in-chief is in the manger. Hallelujah. The great field marshal of salvation, he's in the manger. You do know that's the highest rank in the British Army, field marshal. You can't get higher than that rank. Well, I want to tell you, folks, when it comes to the army of heaven, you can't get higher than the position 
that the Lord Jesus Christ occupies because he's the field marshal. He's the great general, the great captain, the great commander-in-chief of the Lord's army. And all his soldiers, all his angelic soldiers appear there in the skies around Bethlehem that first Christmas. And they've come to sing the praises of the one who lies in the manger. The one that they listen to for for their orders. They wait on him. They wait on his every beck and call. He's their leader. He's the one they adore. And we find that they make a beeline to where the shepherds are. And as soon as the solitary angel has told the shepherds about a saviour which is Christ the Lord. Then all these angels as it were suddenly rush rush down from heaven. And join the angel and they sing the praises of the captain of the Lord's army. This heavenly host. Isn't it good to know that the angels are on our side? Isn't it good to know that we have all these angelic soldiers fighting for us? And mind you folks, one one angel is an awesome uh, soldier in a sense. One angel is, is an awesome creature. We think of the one angel who... Killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. Read about him in the Old Testament. Just one. But there's more than one angel here in Luke chapter 2. Here's an army of angels. And they've come down and they're ready to fight for their Lord and their, 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 their leader. And here we have this host, this heavenly host, this army. Tell me this tonight, my dear friend, are you in the Lord's army? Have you ever enlisted in the Lord's army? Are you one of his soldiers tonight? Isn't it good to be in the army with with all these angels in the army too? All these angelic warriors, they're all on our side tonight. They're all on the church's side. It's good to have them with us tonight as we fight the good fight of faith. Don't let the devil tell you, child of God, that you're all on your own. Boy, he loves to isolate you. Loves to get you feeling that you're all on your own. Nobody feels like you're feeling. Nobody, nobody's going through the trial you're going through. He loves to get you on your own. He's just like a wild beast of prey. Loves to corner the wee innocent prey, the wee innocent animal. Don't believe his lies tonight. Yes, these are difficult days for the church. And the enemy's gone after the church as fast and as, as much as he can these days, I'm going to tell you it's going to get worse. Persecution on the way, folks. Are you ready for it? Are you ready to take your stand? I'm ready because all the angels are on our side. The army of angels 
that surrounded the, the, the fields of Bethlehem that first Christmas, they're on our side tonight as well. I'm glad about that. This heavenly host. But you know, folks, I'm glad above all that the King of Angels is on our side. The Lord of Angels is on our side. What would we do without him in these days? Isn't it good to be able to turn to him? Just to know that the one who lay in the manger is the great captain of salvation and all the angels obey him without the slightest hesitation. A lot of churches today aren't prepared to obey him. For the last two years they haven't been obeying him. Disobeying him. Straining at a gnat and swallowing a camel. It's good to obey the king of angels. Good to obey the one who lay in the manger. Because he is the captain of the heavenly host. Isaiah spoke of him in chapter 6. Holy, holy, holy. What's the rest of the verse? Is the Lord of hosts. Lord of hosts. There's the connection with Luke chapter 2. The heavenly host in, at Bethlehem. The Lord of hosts. All the angels, all these Christmas angels, tonight they're buying before the risen Lord of glory. They're buying the knee to him. They're his servants. And whatever he says goes. They just do it. There's no, no holding back. Implicit obedience. That's the way to blessing, you know, folks. Just implicit obedience to the Lord as he reveals himself in this book. The things that he tells us to do. You obey him. Sing. Sing his praises. Congregational singing, oh, the joy of it. And that's what the angels do here. And they're singing in, uh, as they, as they uh, sing to the shepherds around Bethlehem. And they're meeting together, aren't they? They're assembling together. My, the angels could teach us a lesson or two as they all congregate. In these days, if ever the church needed to assemble together and to sing the praises of the Lord, it's today. And as we move out into 2022, we need to be all the more determined to assemble together and to continue to sing the praises. And then we will be like the angels, the Christmas angels. So there you have, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Praising God. That's how we know they were singing. Praising God. Some people say, oh, the angels, they were just talking here to the shepherds. But can you imagine it? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
Somehow it doesn't sound right, does it? No, they're, they're singing. We've got a choir here. There's a great angelic choir. You see this army of angels, they've got an anthem. You know how every army has an anthem. They've got a song associated with their particular regiment. Well, here's the anthem of this army of angels, and it's found in verse 14. And they're singing with all their hearts. I don't think these angels are wearing masks when they're singing. No, they're not. They're singing out for all they're worth. Singing the praises of the one who lies in the manger. And then, dear friends, when we think of these angels, how can we but be like them? How can we not sing from the bottom of our hearts? Sing for all we're worth about this wonderful Savior who lay in the manger. Think about the words there that are mentioned. Glory to God in the highest. You know the Christmas carol, we haven't sung it before, maybe we will sing it after we sing O Holy Night, if we ever get round to it. But there's one of the carols, and in the Latin it's called Gloria in Excelsis Deo. Gloria in Excelsis Deo. The Gloria, some people just call it. But it's, it's, it's the Latin version of these words, glory to God in the highest. And this is, the, this is what the angels sing. And they're singing, first of all, about God. Man comes second. Man's in second place here. That's always good when man's in second place. Oh yes, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. But that's second. First of all, glory to God in the highest. The most important thing is that God is glorified. And I want to tell you, dear friends, that God is glorified most in salvation. Salvation brings the greatest glory to the Lord, to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. And here's the reason why. Because it's all his work. The Lord is the one who does all the work when it comes to salvation. When it comes to the saving of the soul, it's all his work. We know that little text. We often quote it. Salvation is off the Lord. Now that's from start to finish. Man has no part in salvation. Apart from bringing the sin that he needs cleansed from. And bringing the sin to the Lord. And I want to tell you, dear friend, you can do exactly that tonight. I'm so joyful even as I tell you. You can bring your sins to the feet, to the crucified, pierced feet of the Lord Jesus tonight. Oh, but he'd, uh, he'd tell me to, to go away. He wouldn't want anything to do with me, Pastor, if he knew what I've been involved in, if he knew my past. He wouldn't accept me, he wouldn't take me in, he'd, he'd cast me out. That's not the Lord Jesus that was born in Bethlehem. No, the wonderful one who lay in the manger at Bethlehem is the one who, who invites you to come to him with all your sin tonight, with all your baggage, with all your past, 
And he'll wipe the slate clean and all you'll be interested in is the future. That's all he wants you to be interested in, by the way. He wants you to forget about the past and just think about the future. And he wants you to enjoy his salvation from here on in. Don't let the old devil haunt you about the past. Don't let the ghosts of guilt haunt you tonight. Bring your guilt to the blood of Jesus. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The blood of Christ is the answer for your sin problem tonight. And you just let him do his wonderful work, his wonderful saving work. All you have to do is bring your sin and come to him. Just call out to him, cry out to him tonight. And if you do that, I tell you, you'll have some Christmas. If your sins are forgiven, oh, you'll enjoy Christmas. I can tell you. This will be your best Christmas ever. We were in the home, I'm not sure if it was yesterday or Friday, but in the Miller home. And I just got into conversation, and uh, one of Francis's sisters started to tell everyone in the room how she'd become a Christian at the age of 15. She'd come to the Lord, saved at the age of 15. I thought it was tremendous in a room full of people just to witness like that. But she said that it was a decision that she never regretted. And I said, Amen. There are lots of decisions in life uh, folks that we regret, I've, I have 101 decisions that I've made in life that I regret. But there's one decision that I made that I, I will never regret to my dying day, and that's the decision to, to follow Christ, to, to become a Christian. Didn't we talk this morning to the children about George Best's decision? The famous Manchester United footballer, three weeks before he died in a hospital bed, he decided to become a Christian. His best decision ever, or the worst decision, was when he took his first drink. But the best decision was deciding for Christ. Your best decision will always be the one when you decide for Christ. Will you do it tonight? Even before the service is over? Just come to the Lord and he'll do the rest. You see, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Have you got a crimson stain tonight in your life? Wonder is the devil throwing up something now even as I speak. And the devil's telling you, shouting into your ear, that sin could never be forgiven. It's too black. It's too disgusting. Well, the devil's a liar because it's not too black and it's not too disgusting because there's nothing too black and there's nothing too disgusting that the blood of Jesus can't wash away. Hallelujah. Salvation is all of grace. Glory to God in the highest. The angels sing. And when the Lord saves a soul, my what glory comes to him and his great name because he does all the work. Benjamin Warfield said these words, we have but one saviour and that one saviour is Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Nothing that we are and nothing that we can do enters in the slightest measure into the ground of our acceptance with God. Jesus did it all. That wee statement makes my heart jump for joy. Nothing that we are and nothing that we can do enters in the slightest measure into the ground of our acceptance with God. Jesus did it all. Isn't it wonderful tonight, those of us who are saved, just to think that we're accepted by God the Father tonight simply and solely because what Christ has done for us, because of his finished work at Calvary. That's what it's all about. That brings peace. That message brings peace. Because you know so often in my Christian life. I find that Satan whispers. You've had a bad day. You didn't perform very well today. Boy you're, not, you're some Christian. You're some preacher. You get to you maybe on a Saturday or a Saturday night. And so you, you let the Lord down. And he says you're some boy standing up tomorrow. Preaching to people. But then I look away to Christ. I look away from myself. And it was Robert Murray McShane. He said, for every look at yourself, take ten looks at Christ. And when you look away from yourself and your failures and your shortcomings and you look to Christ, then you have peace. Because you know that salvation doesn't depend on your performance. It depends on the blood that he shed at Calvary. That's what it's all about. Hallelujah. Is there any message like this? Glory to God in the highest. You can almost hear the angels sing it. But then they, go, they, they come on to the second half of their anthem, this army of angels. Very interesting, by the way, isn't it, isn't it remarkable here that, that this army speaks of peace. Here's an army that talks of peace. You normally associate armies with fighting, don't you? But this army of angels, they can can only talk of peace. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. Peace. There's a lovely ring even about that word, isn't there? Peace. It's talking about peace with God here. We could call it vertical peace. A whole lot of people worried about peace with our fellow man. Peace among the nations of the world. But I tell you folks, it's all just a pipe dream until we have peace with God. And they can have all the treaties and all the summits the like to try to gain world peace. But it will never happen until the Prince of Peace is crowned King of this world. And that day is coming. And the day whenever the Prince of Peace rules this world and man is at peace with his maker. That's when world peace will come. You see, you can't have horizontal peace with other people Until you have vertical peace with the Lord. Isn't it lovely that the Lord Jesus by his birth. He brought peace. 
And in his life he taught peace. And at his death and the shedding of his blood he, he bought peace. Hallelujah. Glory to God he has bought peace for every one of us tonight. Do you know anything about that peace? We sing about it at Christmas. We get Christmas cards that talk about peace. Bible passages that talk about peace. But that's all no good if you don't have peace in your heart. Well, you can have peace in your heart tonight. Peace, perfect peace. In this dark world of sin. The blood of Jesus whispers peace. Within. Think about the little babe in the manger. There he is. He's the great commander in chief of this army of angels. And there he is, according to verse 7 and verse 12. And he's wrapped in these wee swaddling clothes, they're called here. Swaddling clothes. Think about them. These white swaddling clothes. They're the white flag of peace. Hallelujah. Here's the white flag of peace. The Prince of Peace wrapped in the white flag of peace. And he's saying to us tonight and telling us, come to me and find peace. And then you notice as well that there's a peace treaty signed here. Do you know where the peace treaty was signed? All those years ago at Bethlehem. Well, you go there to verse 12 and look what it says. Ye shall find the bee abrupt in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Lying in a manger. It was at the manger that God signed a peace treaty with man. And God provided peace for the soul. Peace like a river. God signed it. And he signed it in blood all through the life of the Lord Jesus. This peace treaty with fallen man. At his circumcision, the Lord Jesus bled for us. He was only a little babe, but he bled for us that we might have peace. And then when it came to the cross, He bled and died for us, shed his blood again that we might have peace. Oh, we could talk about the Garden of Gethsemane when he sweat great drops of blood. And it was all to buy our peace. Do you know anything about this peace that the angels were singing about? This army? See, dear friend, when you put your head in the pillow tonight, will you have peace? Or will you be haunted? If I die before I wake, if I don't rise tomorrow morning, where will I be? Somebody's going to be next, you know. Someday in this building is going to be the next. wonder who's going to be the next person to pass away. Make sure that when you pass away, 
Make sure that when you go out into eternity, that you know the Prince of Peace. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we want to pray for every precious soul gathered here tonight. We want to pray, dear Lord, for those who do not have this peace that we have been speaking of tonight, the peace that the angels sang about. We pray that everyone under this roof tonight will come to know that peace. Pray that they will come to know the Prince of Peace. Pray, dear Lord, that they would know that peace like a river in their own souls. Answer prayer tonight, we pray. Oh, draw souls, we pray, to this wonderful Savior. Do your own work tonight. Salvation is completely your work, Lord. Man has no part in it. And we're looking to you, Lord. We're just praying earnestly tonight that you would do this saving work that only you can do. Pray if there's a dear backslider tonight who has wandered. Lord, we pray they would come back to you and we thank you that you're more, more than willing to receive them. We pray for your people tonight, all your children gathered here in this service. Bless them and encourage them. Send them forth from your house tonight, if overflowing with joy. Lord, we pray you would bless them and keep them in the week that lies ahead. Help us, Lord, in these days. We're glad tonight that the angels are on our side. We're glad tonight that the King of, Je the, the, that the King of angels is on our side. Hallelujah. Bless us now in our final hymn, we pray. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 148. While shepherds watched their flocks by night, all seated on the ground, the angel of the Lord came down and glory shone around. 148. We'll stand again as we sing. Let's stand. <clears throat> 